Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Today we're looking at Jonah chapter 2, beginning Jonah chapter 2, and we'll be reading through verses 1 through 3 in just a moment here. Uh, Just to recap where we've been so far, we've seen in Jonah chapter 1, the word of the Lord come to Jonah, telling him to go to Nineveh and preach out against it. Jonah rises up and goes away from Nineveh down to the port city of Joppa onto a ship toward Tarshish, as far away from Nineveh as he can possibly get. The Lord pursues him, throws a storm onto the sea, Uh, They wake him up, the sailors on the boat. They cast lots and find out that it is his fault. Um, They ask who he is, what he's doing, and he confesses to uh, knowing the Lord, following the Lord, and ultimately to running away from the Lord. The men attempt to row back to land, but Jonah tells them the only way the storm is going to stop is if you pick me up and throw me into the sea, and ultimately that is what they do. When they throw him into the sea, the storm stops, the ocean stills, and the men greatly fear the Lord. Jonah, however, sinks down in the water And God appoints a giant fish to swallow him up. And we are already told in chapter 1, verse 17, he's in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. So we're given a preview that he's only in there for a limited time. Now, as we come into Jonah chapter 2, we're going to see Jonah's prayer from the belly of this giant fish. And while he's in Uh, the fish's stomach, and he prays to God, we're also going to see something of Jonah's mentality and mindset as far as his knowledge of the Hebrew Bible. So let's read Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish, and he said, I called out of my distress to the Lord, and he answered me, I cried for help from the depth of Sheol. You heard my voice, for you had cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the current engulfed me. All your breakers and billows passed over me. In Jonah chapter 2, we have a new literary genre. That's just a fancy way of saying a different style of writing from chapter 1 to chapter 2. In chapter 1, everything is laid out in what we call prose or narrative form. It's a story that's being told. But as we come into Jonah chapter 2, the first verse continues that story. But then in verses 2 through 9, we have thrown into the middle of this story some poetry about Uh, what happens to Jonah and what he's thinking and what he's feeling while he's inside this giant fish. Hebrew poetry is very different in many ways from poetry that you and I might be uh, familiar with today. So I want to make a couple of comments about the nature of Hebrew poetry before moving along. Hebrew poetry commonly uh, follows a form called parallelism. 
This parallelism usually takes uh, different lines from the verses and sets them, juxtaposes them uh, against one another. So you have a uh, the first line being paralleled to the second line. Now that doesn't always mean that it's a reiteration of the same thing over and over again. There can be many different types of this parallelism. So one, one way to understand this parallelism is the two sentences would essentially be saying the same thing. Uh, the first sentence might say, the sun is shining outside. The second might say, uh, it is warm and uh, the sun feels good on my skin. Es essentially, they're expressing similar ideas in just a slightly different way. However, this is not the only way that parallelism works. Sometimes the second line could advance the idea of the first line or take it even a little bit further. So the sun feels warm outside and my heart is leaping within me because of it or something to that extent. So the second line takes the idea uh, even further than the first line did. It's also possible within parallelism for the two lines to contradict one another or uh, be a way to uh, show a contrast. The sun is shining outside, but my heart is cold or something to that effect uh, that might show a contrast between the two lines of the parallel statements here. So as we read through some of these uh, stanzas of Jonah's prayer, you'll begin to hear and to see some of the parallelism between these different lines. Line A, line B, line A, line B, so on and so forth. Now, as we come to verse 1, we read, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish. Again, we don't exactly know if there was a lot of room inside the fish or if he was really tightly confined, but either way, it would have felt to Jonah... Uh, very, very strange being inside this animal and probably uh, worried that he is going to die slowly now instead of drowning and dying more rapidly. So in verse 2, he says, and this is his prayer in Hebrew poetry, I called out of my distress to the Lord and he answered me. I cried for help from the depth of Sheol you heard my voice. In Jonah's hopeless condition, the Lord responds to him. The Lord hears him even when he is in the belly of this fish in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. And so even in this hopeless condition, God hears and is going to answer, respond to and answer Jonah. There is no condition that you can find yourself in where the Lord is not powerful to act on your behalf. Uh, as a believer in Christ, he desires to help you. His ultimate desire for you is to become conformed to the image of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jonah cries out to God, even in his rebellion, even in the stomach of this fish, God hears and God acts on his behalf. He says, I cried for help from the depth of Sheol. You heard my voice. What, what is this Sheol? 
Uh, in the Old Testament, this term is used uh, in a couple different ways. First of all, it's used generically for the grave, uh, the place that bodies go after they die. Uh, but there's even a broader, maybe a more uh, spiritual uh, idea behind this. Sheol is the underworld. It is the realm of the dead. This is the place where all of the dead, righteous and unrighteous, ultimately find themselves. Uh, in the Old Testament world, the idea of uh, perhaps heaven and hell is not as clearly defined as we find it in the New Testament. And for in, in the mind of the ancient people, uh, they sort of viewed uh, the realm of the dead as a holistic place that uh, everyone ultimately went to upon dying. Now, I think there was some degree of separation in their minds for those who uh, believed in God, that there was a reward after death, and for those who disobeyed Yahweh, that there was punishment. But I don't think they necessarily had it as clearly defined uh, in the terms of heaven being the presence of the Lord, hell being the place of eternal punishment, as we see by the time we get to the New Testament. Even in this underworld, Jonah says he's, he's here, he calls out from the depth of Sheol. In his mind, he's, he's dying. He's descending, first going down in the water, descending, and then within this fish, going, you know, who knows where, underneath the Mediterranean Sea, into the depths of the water, and he cries out from this underworld, and God hears his voice. Even there, God is present with him. He is Lord over all creation. When we come to verse 3, we read Jonah's words, For you had cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the current engulfed me. All your breakers and billows passed over me. Jonah credits to God the act of casting him into the sea. Now, this is very interesting because in chapter 1, we saw that it was the Phoenician sailors that picked him up and literally threw him overboard off the ship. However, Jonah gives the credit to God. He says, you had cast me into the deep. Ultimately, he recognizes that God is sovereign over the actions and events that have taken place in his life in recent history. He realizes that it was ultimately God who caused all this to take place and brought him into the water and down into the depths in this belly of this fish. Uh, so we see here that Jonah has the understanding that God is sovereign. God is in control. Now, these first three verses demonstrate Jonah's drawing on his knowledge of 
the Old Testament scriptures. There are allusions in these three verses and also through the rest of Jonah chapter 2 to other passages in the Old Testament that would have been written prior to the time of Jonah. I'm thinking specifically here of the words of David from 2 Samuel 22 and Psalm 18, comparable passages there. Uh, I want to read from 2 Samuel 22, and I want you to listen for the similarities between what David says of his experience and how Jonah talks about his experience under the water. This is 2 Samuel 22, starting in verse 1. And David spoke the words of this song to the Lord in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. You save me from violence. Now, these verses are going to be the potent ones for our conversation. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. For the waves of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. Yes, I cried to my God. And from his temple, he heard my voice. And my cry for help came into his ears. Notice here, David describes his situation as running from Saul, fleeing from Saul in the past as feeling like he was drowning, like death was encompassing him, like uh, the, the torrents of destruction, the billows and breakers of destruction were overtaking him and Sheol was surrounding him. So Jonah has these exact same feelings that David is describing in uh, 2 Samuel 22, Psalm 18, and he picks up on these things that he had heard in reading this scripture. Now, this at least tells us that Jonah was familiar with these Old Testament passages, and he would have probably committed these things to memory. As he's praying to the Lord, he is praying scripture that he had memorized, that's coming to his mind, that's being recalled for him. What a great example for us as believers today, that we should recall the words of Scripture brought to our minds as well. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.